You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Anti-Diet Insights with Farah Karamburi. I'm your host, a deep health practitioner, a keynote speaker, and the founder of 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge, professional women's way to losing weight without following diets, the no BS way to improving your health. Good morning, and welcome to Wednesday Morning Live. Today, we're going to talk about why breakfast is important. Should you eat it? Do you have to eat it? What should you have in your breakfast? So this question came up yesterday in one of my challenges, uh, one of the challenges that we're running, which is a 30-day challenge for October. And I thought, you know what, instead of just bringing it to those guys, which obviously get me one-to-one almost in their group, I'm going to bring it to you too, because you can take advantage of this exact thing. I'm going to share with you what other people eat in the world for good breakfast and how is that the healthier nations. So compared to UK and America, what are we eating for breakfast and what are other people eating? So welcome guys. Hope you're well. Hope you're having a good morning so far. Guess what? Sun is shining. Who loves sunshine? Comment below. Let me know if you're a sunshine person. Would you like the rain? I wonder what comments I'll get back. (laughs) Somebody actually said the other day, I quite like this cozy dark nights. I was like, okay, sorry, but I do not uh, share your enthusiasm at all about that. I'm sorry, I do not like cozy dark nights. I'd rather the light stayed. I prefer the sunshine much more. Shining on my face right now, guys. Okay, so why is breakfast? So when you hear things like breakfast, really important part of the day, without having breakfast, you will uh, put weight on, you're not healthy, blah, blah, blah. There's loads of different things going around. Okay, now really I always go with intuitive eating if you feel hungry in the morning it's a good idea to have breakfast if you are kind of quite active person it's a good idea to have breakfast if you know your next meal is going to be a long time away it's also a good idea to have breakfast but if you're maybe on a weight loss journey and you decide to skip that meal that's okay too for a short period it doesn't work for a long period so for a short period you can skip that and maybe start your dinner start your day from 12 which is straight into lunch so that's that's called calorie deficit one way of doing calorie deficit 
Would I recommend that for long term for the rest of your life? Probably not, because we do need to have three meals at least as a female and four as a male. But if you're on a weight loss journey, not normality doesn't apply because we need to do things just to bring that weight down because the actual weight is causing us uh, a lot of issue uh, with our emotions, our hormones, as well as our body generally, and also the disease part of it. So the obesity and bringing the weight down with trying different things is okay for a period of time. Um, and not short, not too short either. Like not in 21 days, you want to lose a whole stone. That's a bit too intense in my opinion. Okay. So for the rest of the nation, why is breakfast so important? Well, breakfast is important because it helps you, believe it or not, in the long term. So once you've got to maintenance stage, it will help you lose, um, less it will it'll help you with less body fat. So you will have less body fat. You will also have less chronic diseases. Your mood will be better. You will have better food choices later in the day. Now, if somebody, someone's decided, right, for weight loss, I'm going to skip my breakfast, but they get to 12 and they want to eat their entire kitchen content and the entire fridge content, that's not going to work for you. Isn't it better that you take your breakfast because that's not going to work? If you've decided to do uh, intermittent fasting, start your breakfast at 12 or start your day at 12, that's because you are observing a particular rule, i.e. you're allowing your body to stay in a stated fa uh, fasted state so that the, the fat that is stored is being used by you as you walk around, move around, take your kids to school, drop your kids to school, go up and down the stairs, do the kitchen, whatever you're doing. So your body is using that because you're not putting anything in. The minute you put anything in, it stops using the stored fat. You see, the energy, the energy, we need to use energy. Even now I'm using energy. So if I've had breakfast, my body is going to use that, that stored energy. Can you see that? And if I have a breakfast, which is exactly the same, if I'm on maintenance, meaning I don't need to lose or put on weight, then I will stay like this. Now, if you need to put on weight, then I will add uh, more healthier fats to my food, more carbohydrates to my food. I have bigger portions. If I want to lose fat, I will probably look at my breakfast and think, okay, maybe this breakfast has two or three healthy fats. So I have chia seeds and peanut butter every day in my porridge. Now, if I wanted to lose fat, I will need to reduce my calorie intake. It doesn't quite matter what time I take it off. But one of the easiest way would be to miss the breakfast out, just skip it. Because especially if I don't feel like having breakfast, if I'm, if I'm okay with a herbal tea in the morning. But if you decide to take a tea or a coffee with milk, again, the energy that's going to be used is from the milk that's got into your body. So you are stopping the process of fat burning via the intermittent fasting. Does that make sense? So if you're going to do it in the intermittent fasting, do it properly. You can't have any milky products. Some people say splash of nut milk. I will say no. I will say black coffee, black tea maybe because they, they've got no calories. So your body isn't going to be using those and water, but nothing else. The minute you put in any kind of calories in your body, you're going to start uh, using that. So it's really important to understand that. So having breakfast over time, you may notice improved energy, muscle preservation. You need increase, you have increased strength low cholesterol as well, improved bowel movements, right? We all probably know these and balanced blood sugars. So translation basically of this is a nutrition, a nutritious, this is a nutritious breakfast. This isn't a donut breakfast. This isn't a pop tart breakfast. This isn't your sugary cereal breakfast. None of this what I've just read out is going to happen with that, by the way, just so you know, uh, especially pop tart, which I don't know how they are breakfasting. Some of really uh, horrendous American things we have um, Brought into our country, obviously, because that's where the trends start and then we follow. So what what should you know about breakfast? 
What are healthy people eating for breakfast? Isn't it the type of meal we should be mimicking? Should we eat the same things as a healthy people eat? Well, certainly they're not noshing down the Denny Grand Slam or mom's timeless scrapple recipe. Breakfast is near kind of a disaster in most of the America, North America, and also the UK. There's a lot of cereal going on. There's a lot of um, bagels going on, bacon going on. So like high fatty, high carb processed food. Um, In the UK, to be honest, believe it or not, people just spend 32 minutes actually preparing their meals for the day at a certain age between the ages of 15 and 29. Literally, they give us 10 10 to 7 minutes um, to each meal. So you know you're not going to be able to prepare nutritious breakfast. Nutritious breakfast requires time and effort going into it. So if you only have three minutes to warm up your bagel and then squeeze that, like literally gobble it down without actually eating mindfully, then is that really worth having a breakfast? Or should you skip that if you don't need to eat it? Maybe you're forcing yourself to have breakfast and you actually don't feel like having breakfast in the morning. You just don't want to have it yet. But anytime you're forcing something because someone's told you that you should eat that, really think about that. Really think about what am I doing? I don't want to eat this. Yeah, I've just forced it down my throat. I had it. I ate my breakfast in a height of anxiety because I'm helping my kids go to school. Do you need to eat it that way? Can you take it to work? It doesn't matter if you're at it at 10 o'clock. Text five to 10 minutes to eat your breakfast if it's prepared, i.e. overnight oats, for example. Yeah. So you might want to just clear your schedule. If you're serious about your health, if, you've got, if, you, if you're telling me you've got no time for fat loss, you don't have time for fat loss, then obviously this conversation is nil. But if you have time for fat loss, then you need to look at creating time to prepare nutritious breakfast for yourself. Okay. So let's have a look at what other countries which are amazing at their uh, longevity in their age, less chronic diseases. Some of these countries in the world right now are really enjoying health. So let's see who these countries are. Okay. When people eat breakfast at home, the most popular items, like I said, is ready to eat cereals, cow's milk and coffee. That's what people's breakfast is. When people eat breakfast away from home, the most popular items are egg, bacon, sausage, pastries coffees and bagels so is that great meals to start your food with not really so if that's all you've got available that's because you haven't made time for it Um, and do you really need to eat it that's the question you need to ask yourself who usually skips um so we, we talked about who usually actually skips breakfast altogether people between ages of 12 and 29 uh and people with low income families as well by the way they also tend to skip breakfast So there are people in the world right now in the different parts of this world are eating fantastic types of breakfast. So Okinawa, I've talked about Okinawa where people live past 100 years. Um, They have longest life expectancy on the planet right now. Do you want to know what they eat for breakfast? They are very active in their old age. Literally, they're out there farming and they have very low level of chronic disease. You see, it's all linked, isn't it? You see, why are they? What are they eating? So let's see what they're eating. Steamed rice, rice porridge, rice cakes, seaweed, sea vegetables. They eat, they drink green tea. They drink miso soup. They have veggie stir fry. They have tofu. They have broiled grilled fish and they have eggs. These are their breakfast choices. Well, let me say again, steamed rice, rice porridge, rice cakes. Now, you may be listening and thinking, there's no way I'm eating that. I'm not saying that you should eat this. I'm saying these are the people who live the longest. And you just, it's about understanding why are they living long. I don't eat those foods. I have porridge every morning. 
with chia seeds um, and nut milk. So you need to decide how you want it. But can you see the amount of greenery in there? So you've got green tea, you've got sea vegetables, you've got veggie stir fry. So already they're starting their day with vegetables. Okay, so they eat breakfast. In Iceland, low levels of depression, by the way, bipolar disorder, seasonal affective disorder, and postpartum depression, despite long winters and very little sunlight. So here's a country that is very unique. The sun hardly comes out, okay? Hardly, because it's one of the coldest places. But what do they eat? They eat rye and oatmeal. So they're focused on whole grains. They eat skier yogurt, S-K-Y-R, which is available in many supermarkets now. They eat blueberries, they eat meats and cheese and fish and eggs. That's their breakfast. We've got a little bit of a theme going in terms of eggs. Greece. Greece has the lowest levels of cardiovascular disease in the, on the planet right now. Their typical breakfast is toast, yogurt, Greek coffee. They have eggs, they have feta cheese, and they have olive oil. So Mediterranean kind of a, uh, breakfast there. Then you've got Mexico. They have very low levels of diabetes type 2. They typical breakfast is corn, cornmeal, beans, squash, eggs, um, herbs and spices. They use a lot of herbs and spices, chopped up little tomatoes and little onions, like a salsa almost. And in North America and UK, 70% obese. One to every second death, heart disease or cancer. What's the typical breakfast? Coffee, donut, pastry, bagel, egg, sausage, bacon, cold cereals and cow's milk. Now, if you're having uh, sausages and bacon, you've got to understand that the quality of this meat is poor. The actual pig in itself is high fat, high salt. isn't good for your body. I'm not saying you don't have it at all. It's okay to have it once in a while. But if this is your daily routine because you've just picked up a, a, um, a bacon bap or you've picked up a, uh, a breakfast, a cooked breakfast, you've decided you're going to have this every day because someone's told you that this is a really healthy way of living. Think about the quality of that meat that you're actually having. What could you swap that with? So beans are on your plate. If beans are on your plate, they also contain sugar. Uh, and beans in itself, they're carbs. You've got a couple of toast or slathered with butter. You've got hash brown, more carbohydrates. You've got beans, more carbohydrates. So you need to think about how many calories are just sitting on your breakfast already. Um, like I said, anything once in a while, it's nothing wrong with it. China. China has a very low BMI. And we know that China's uh, health is one of the best in the world. Typical breakfast is steamed bread, plain, with meat or veggies. They have tea. They have soya milk. They have tofu. They have hard-boiled eggs. They have rice porridge and flour and rice noodles cooked with tomato, vegetables, eggs. So the food is very much light and airy and very non-processed. In Africa... There is low levels of cancer, optimal digestive health. Their digestion systems are very, very good. Now, what are they typical breakfast? They have millet, matoka, which is like a banana. They have fruits and nuts. So that, again, there's no process. So it's UK and America who are having the cereals. The cereals are not popular in these parts of the continent and the world that I've just described. Cereals and bagels and highly processed breads are not something they eat. So... Consider how the breakfast selections of these countries differ from our UK and consider dif differing uh, of health, health um, outcomes. Some ideas to consider when putting together your breakfast. So take your time. Like, take your time. If you need to prepare a night before, then do that. 
this is a daily thing, guys. This life-changing, if you want to change your life, if you've been rushing, rushing constantly, and all you have for breakfast is whatever you've picked up on the train station in the machine, or you've just got yourself a pastry because you're hungry, and you think that's, that's it, this is how you're going to be, it's not true because you can prepare it and you can eat it in the train, or you can eat it when you get to your desk, or you can eat it when your kids have gone to school. It's about making choices. So take your time, pace yourself when eating. Again, eating mindfully. My son this morning was eating his porridge, uh, his uh, Weetabix so fast. You know, he was eating it really fast. And I told him to slow down and let the food be chewed because your acids in your tummy, it, they are getting, uh, it's almost like they're getting thrown with lots of food versus receiving the food slowly and producing that, that bile to digest that food. So if you're just swallowing your food, the tummy has to do a lot more work versus if you chew your food 15 to 20 times. I know that Weetabix or porridge doesn't need to be chewed as much, but still really take your time to finish that. And that's why I put some seeds in my porridge so I can make it a bit more chewable. And include some protein-dense food. So eggs are a really great example of protein-dense food, but then protein is in lots of other things. So edamame beans have protein in it. You've got some yogurt that has protein in it. You have... Uh, so if you're going to make a, por uh, a protein plate, you can have some protein from porridge, some from peanut butter, some from chia seeds, and that can create some, and then some of the protein might come from nut milk, like cashew milk, like we spoke about last week, has more protein in it. But don't be in eat real. So the boxed product, i.e. the Weetabix that my kids are having, are processed. Maybe not, it hasn't got much sugar in it because that's why I've chosen to bring it home, but they have a lot more they are processed because what, what is it made of? If I was to ask you, what is it made of? What are you going to say? Can you tell by looking at it? If you can't tell by looking at food, what they are, then they're not the best choices for you. And don't be afraid of vegetables. People, when my clients first start and I say to them, you need to have vegetables for breakfast. How do you feel about that? They say, oh, oh how am I going to, I'm going to have that. Now, my clients have, are very clever. They're very, very clever. If they're listening to this, good on you. They have created a smoothie, well, we have created a smoothie, which is kale, spinach, with a bit of a lemon juice in it and whizzed in coconut water or normal water. Now, they have that with their breakfast because they want to fulfill their vegetable intake need by actually doing that versus having their vegetables in food. Now, if you like eggs, I will recommend that female has two eggs. You can put hands full of spinach in there. You can put any other green leafy vegetable or salad leaves easily they're very easy to eat initially you're going to say oh my god i'm used to eating pop tar or um, some kind of a cereal that you want to eat but you're only eating it because it's sweet you know there is no nutrition in it even if the box is fortified with vitamins probably has a bit of vitamins in it but it has more damaging products like the sugar in it so really think about every day if you're doing this you're doing it every day is this the right choice it's not so stop doing it. Um, and then don't be afraid to think outside the box. So when you go to places like Spain and when you go on holiday to Greece, when you go to holiday in Turkey, yes, they put the cereal there because UK people are coming over and they want to provide us with what we are used to. Go for their own traditional breakfast. That is not cereals. And you can do that at home as well. You can actually have a nice piece of bread with some tomatoes on it, some olive oil on it. That's Mediterranean breakfast. You can maybe um, boil a couple of eggs and put that with it. So really think about, all my life I've had cereal. Why is she telling me to eat this? I don't think I can manage this. Yes, you can because you eat it at lunch and dinner. So if you were to switch your lunch, have that first, 
have that. It's absolutely fine to have different types of breakfast, like salmon on your toast, uh, brown toast. And and don't be frightened to uh, have vegetarian chili. It's absolutely fine to have that. <laughs> or chicken salad for breakfast. And try whole grain. So eat. So in our house, we have Afro has three eggs and they are cooked in coconut oil with loads of vegetables in it, uh, which are boiled on the side. And then there's spinach and tomato in it. That's what he eats every single day. It's about getting used to it, that's all. And then establish a routine that you can stick to. So quinoa is great, amaranth is great, sprouted grains, oats, millets, all of those are lovely breakfasts. And if you come from areas that you saw your parents, like some of the Indian background, they, they have dosa, which is like a, a pancake made of millets or different uh, wheats. That's perfectly fine to eat for breakfast because it's a good quality breakfast versus cereals and things like that. And then another question I always get asked is, should I work out before my breakfast or after? Now, there is a really simple answer for that. So you can never have to ever worry about this question ever in your life. It doesn't actually matter. You should have, you should work out when you feel the most uh, energetic. That's the answer to that. There is no evidence to support that if you had, if you were to work out fasted, fasted workout, that you will burn more calories. There's no evidence to support that. So this is your choice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you want to have your breakfast first, then work out or not. Some people uh, lift heavier or do more workout and a stronger workout if they have breakfast. And some people, like me, if I have breakfast, I might be I might find myself difficult to move around. But if I'm only lifting weights when I'm not jumping around, I might actually eat my breakfast before that so that I have more energy to lift heavier. Depends on what what your goal is. Does that make sense? So should you eat your breakfast before exercise or not? doesn't make any difference it's a marginal difference that is negligible not worth talking about so if all your life you've been doing this thinking that I must be losing weight not really sorry to burst your bubble there the difference between fasted and non-fasted exercise is likely small assuming nutrition is dialed in the remainder of the day it's about the rest of your nutrition of the day focus on exercising when you're feeling the best and have the most you will have the most productive workout so some real easy uh tips here for you think about your breakfast today think about are you eating a in a stressful state first and foremost are you having a relaxing relaxing breakfast and then what is the quality of your breakfast because if you're having this every day seven days a week you know, 30 days in a month, 365 days in a year, could you make it a little bit better, a little tiny bit better? So let's give you an example. Could you switch from a sugary cereal to Weetabix, stage two, right? Six sugary cereals to Weetabix. Could you switch, if you're a Weetabix person right now, could you switch to more of a whole uh, breakfast, which may be millets or oats? Porridge is better than Weetabix. Um, as an adult, adult female, do you need to have the milk that you're having or can you go on to switch on to some of the plant-based milk, which may have more calcium and more uh, vitamins in there for you? Could you do that? Could be another little step. And then looking at the breakfast itself, could you add some healthy fats to it or could you have some protein with it? Maybe starting with one egg if you don't like uh, two eggs maybe beginning with just the egg whites if you don't like the yellows maybe making an omelet for yourself if you're if you're at a stage where you are eating eggs every day could you add some vegetables to it oh, I don't like vegetables okay what about a smoothie next to it I don't think I'm gonna like them how do you know you haven't made it yet 
don't write it off until you make it. Trust me. If there's anybody who's fussier than you, that is me. I, all my life, had struggled with vegetables, okay, and I'm now embracing it, not because I'm a nutritionist and I believe in it, because I genuinely like the taste. So a, a, a cup of kale and a cup of spinach, whiz it in a little whizzer thing, the blender that you've got, with a bit of cold water, squeeze lemon juice, right? This is fresh vegetables going directly into your bloodstream first thing in the morning. Okay, this probably is a more level two or three client, okay? However, my clients there are consistently getting results. There's a lady who's lost 45 pounds over a couple of years now, and she, her habits are so dramatically different to when she first started. Her daily routines consist of this smoothie. Does she... Has she lost the weight because of the smoothie? No, not because of that. It's the rest of the day as well that counts. She works out two, three, four times a week. She also eats protein every single meal because protein is the biggest source of weight loss. She also has healthy fats. She also eats carbohydrates. She also goes for a walk. She also has mindful sessions. She thinks about her stress levels and she works on it. There's a lot of other things she does. So weight loss the, the, if you're losing weight just by actually following a diet, you're going to put the weight back on because you haven't actually dealt with your habits. The habits are still the same. All you've done is been really, really strong, amazingly strong, followed the nutrition plan, followed the points and sins and counted calories and then the shakes. And then it comes to a stage where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I've lost the weight now. Now what am I going to do? Well, you didn't develop any habits to take you through to the next stage of your life. And hence the diets don't work. They work in terms of weight loss, but they don't work as in a long-term weight loss. And I'm not interested in short-term weight loss, to be honest, because it's quite dangerous uh, in terms of mentally. Because when you lost the weight, somehow you end up putting more because you're feeling that you are um, deprived. You're deprived. So you end up putting more weight on. So do you want to do that? Do you want to be in that circle where you're over and over trying another diet or do you think time has come for you to level up with yourself and think, that's it, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to change my habits, but you can't change them altogether. The habits are autopilot. Our brain, the little chimps in there, they are solid. <laughs> you need to change one little thing at a time. One little thing. That's it. Take a whole year to lose the weight. Doesn't matter. Still the year 2021 middle of the year 2021, October 2021, if you've lost 10 kilos but kept it off and didn't feel like you're deprived of anything and change your habits and now you sleep better and your mind, mindset is better and your relationships are better and you feel happy as a person. Is that better or just a weight loss of 45 pounds on the scale? Think about it. So weight loss is just one element. It's everything else that we need to think about that's not working for us right now. So that was breakfast for you. I thought I'd talk about breakfast as somebody asked that question yesterday in my challenge. So next challenge, guys, if you want me to help you, my challenge is all about what I talk. My challenge is literally a summary of what I speak to you every single day. A uh, bit more in detail, obviously, and some of the work that you will need to do yourself. If you think that's helpful and you would like to take part in my challenge, it starts on Monday. It's £47, so less than the price of a takeaway for four people. 
for three people, I think. And you will get a, an abundance of uh, information, but not just information. There's going to be implementation done with me in the group. And hopefully at the end of that, you lose up to 10 pounds. Some have lost over a stone. And after you finish with that, there is another program to help you carry on with your journey if you wish to take it. Or you take your knowledge from the 30-day challenge and go do things yourself. So hopefully this has helped you to understand breakfast part. Um, you have got some golden nuggets from it. If you have, let me know in the comment below. And if you have another question regarding a particular food or anything like that, always pop it in the comment below for me because I'm always looking for content and I will then talk about that particular subject. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being with me this morning. Have a great sunny, still sunny, still sunny. I think it's meant to be good weather as my clients tell me. Um, have a great day and I will see you tomorrow morning with another topic. Take care for now. Hey everybody, this is Far again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30 Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success. I recommend highly you do this right now. Stop this video, pause it, go online and press the 30dayantidietchallenge.com and join the next challenge. The next challenge starts in few days.